Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Sports Facts, Stats, and Smacks with Kevin and Avery. This week, we are going to be talking about biathlon. It's winter here in Canada, and it's frigidly cold, so we thought we'd talk about a winter sport. Outside of this, of uh, my Monday to Friday grind is uh, standing in the cold, so thank you for the reminder. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, maybe you should get some skis on there and start biathloning it. Well, you know, I I could do that uh, human uh, ski and sled thing. Yeah. It might be a little, um, I could keep warmer that way, that's for sure. Maybe you can get sled dogs. That would be fun. Yes. Th- that, that would be fun. I just don't know if I could keep up on the food with them. <laughs> well, you're not going long distances, so maybe you don't need like a whole team of eight. Maybe that's a whole different podcast. We should talk about dog sled. Somewhere. I like that. Yeah. There's a place out in Canmore, too. Yeah, I heard about that. Where you so can, that that that'd be fun. They'll so, wrap you up in the blanket in the front of like yep. the sled and take you for a little trip. See how many parcels it holds. <laughs> well, we're already off track as per usual. But uh, what do you want to talk about on biathlon this week? Shall we talk about? Well, I was look, looking into it, and as we were kind of prepping up for the week, I, I checked out some of the history and. There's more to it than I actually realized. Me too. I was very surprised that it's, I always just thought skiing and shooting, but there's definitely more to it than that. I mean, that's right up the perfect alley for any U.S. person right there. <laughs> um, no, it's it's interesting. It's got the background of uh, Scandinavian sports, and it was um, reverb the Norse god. I don't know if I'm saying that properly, but both the ski god and the hunting god. I'm glad you tried to pronounce it and not me, because I'll, I'll just go with yes. You pronounced it perfectly awesome. A1, perfect. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Party's <laughs> over. But yeah, like definitely, well, with a gun, it has that military aspect to it. Like That's where the roots are from on the sport. Yeah. So it, it's interesting how that military background became into, like, into a sport. So And that, that makes it a, even more interesting knowing, you know, like, that's how they did things back then. Yeah. And it's not back then. It's not that long ago. I guess like 1800s, early 1800s. But. Well, I mean, considering it was first introduced into the Olympics in 1924, it's yeah. back then. Yeah. I, I guess I, I still think that's not long ago, but it is 100 years ago almost. So, yeah, you are right. The roaring 20s. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. And I mean, when it went into, the, with what I read, when it went into the Olympics in 1924, it was called military patrol at the time. Yeah, yeah. So that it kept its heritage of the roots of it. So that, and then down the road, it changed eventually. I think in uh, 48, it uh, went to biathlon. Yeah, and is that one became an official sport at the Olympics too? I, I read it somewhere. I think so, yes. Yeah, and it was a demonstration sport in like 24 and then 28, 36, and uh, yeah, 48. It was recognized under the Union International. No, no I'm not even going to say the rest because it's in French, so biathlon. <laughs> um, but it was reaccepted in sports in 1955, so. Um, Norm, I mean... It's it's great to see it. Uh, I know during the eighty eight Olympics, I got to go to Canmore to watch it. And oh, I did do cross country skiing up on the old grounds there. Oh, okay, so you could actually see the whole area. You do the trails and stuff like that, and then where the the ranges would be. You know, it's I don't know if the facilities used as much for training as it was, but it definitely is a nice place to check out. 
Oh, yeah, I, I didn't. It makes sense that biathlon was held there because, like, that's all, where all the skiing events or no cross country skiing events are held. So, I, I think I really like going there. I, I, I really like the Calgary Healthy Olympic. I, I think there's some cool aspects still in Calgary and outside of Calgary, like Canmore and Kananaskis. Like, Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of the Olympics. I was really hoping we'd be gearing up for the 2026 Olympics in Calgary, but we are not. Nope. But, you know, the public had spoken on that one, and um, nothing I can do about it now. But uh, to go back, like, I like that it's a multi, like, both genders are in the sport. Like, in 1992, women were first allowed to, well, maybe not first allowed. That's probably the wrong way of saying it. But, like, hate mail. But, like, it seems like a sport that easily could be done by both men and women. So, like, it's good to see. And now that there's, like, there's also, like, mixed gender relay f- races, like, since 2002. Or, yeah. It, oh, at, nice. Okay. Yeah, at the 2002 Salt Lake Olympics. and then Or maybe it was the 2006 Olympics. I'm, so, either or, like, it's great to see both men and women compete. I, I like, I really like last Olympics when there was a lot more um, mixed events. Like, yes. I thought that was kind of yeah. cool. Like, I really enjoyed it. So, I hope we see a little bit more of that in the next um, Olympics and, or like international competitions. I, I, I think with the Olympics and we only see it during the Olympic time, I think, mixed curling. I don't watch any mixed curling besides yeah. at the Olympics, but I get excited every time yeah, I see it. I've, so I forgot about that yeah. one, actually. But yeah, that, that's right up there. Norm- nine times out of ten, it's considered a European. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's huge. Russian, Finnish, German, and Norwegian um, athletes are normally the ones that are capturing it. Yeah. Canadian, Miriam Bedard, is the only non-European to ever capture a world biathlon title. Okay. So that's another notch in our belt as a nation to make that stand and go, hey, you know, we're, we're still a factor. Well, even in the last Olympics, we won two gold in this, and a bronze in the last Olympics for different biathlon events. So that shows Canada's making improvements there. Yep. And, you know, I don't know. I always cheer for the Canadian athletes, no matter what they're in. Like, there's so many cool sports that we don't follow every day in Canada. Like, I think we're more than a nation of just hockey and hockey <laughs> and uh, maybe street hockey in the summer. But yeah, there's like so many other sports, like besides the main ones. So I think Canadians are starting to make their impact on a bigger stage than they ever have in like all these other events, whether it's biathlon or, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we've always, um, not always been winning but always right up there in the competition when it comes to curling on the yeah. world stage. Oh, yeah. And outside of across Canada, but once we get out of there, yeah. you know, we, we've always had a good showing on that one, too. Yeah, speed skating, I'd have to say. Like, there's always, yep. it seems like there's a strong speed skating contingency every year. And that again, 88 Olympics from Calgary, like the Oval there. So, yep. have you ever been to the Oval? I have. I've gone there yeah. um, growing up. I, I, we, uh, our family met uh, an athlete that was participating on the Canadian team in the Olympics. Oh, yeah. So, so we got to hang out at the uh, Oval quite often, kind of do a day in the life of an athlete and see his workout uh, regime and fantastic guy. And I, I tried it. It's definitely, uh, the, the skates are a lot different than a hockey skate. Yeah, like yeah. Zero support in the ankles. So your whole balance has to kind of be readjusted or found, if you will. And yeah. once you get going, on, I don't know what they do that ice compared to a regular <laughs> ice, but man, if, if you catch an edge, you, you go. Yeah. Yeah. My son used to do speed skating, so it was cool to see him doing speed skating events there and just yeah the skates are just like 10 feet long <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like the clay 
how they try to stay on the ice too, like because they sort of have this mechanism in their back where the foot lifts up, yeah. but the skate stays on the ground, so it like clacks. Okay, back okay. Down. It was pretty cool to see. My son doesn't do it anymore, but cool to see like Olympians there and stuff like that, just at this local competition. So yeah, no, and it's great. I mean, and it's still a good facility. And I, I think last year, year and a half ago, they're doing renovations just to improve yeah. it. And you, as you said, you know, whether you're on the ice just doing your thing, or you see, you see athletes training and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like well. I guess we're veering off topic again, but you know, I, I when you you brought it up earlier in the in the podcast here, like just there's a lot more to it than what I always thought. Like the distance that they have to shoot, like it used to be like 100 meters, 200, 150 meters, 200 meters, but now it seems like it's like 150 meters is standard. But then there's other events like the individual event, like 20 kilometers of skiing and then shooting, and then there's the sprint battles and there's pursuit so there's more than just like that one race so i i was very surprised by that that's interesting because uh, th- those distances I, I wasn't able to find those and i just saw you know the the intervals of, of of the firing ranges and the five targets that were 50 meters away in most races but i didn't know that they broke it down into like sprints and stuff like that yeah so. yeah yeah lots of different uh starts Lots of different types of races, so um, that's pretty cool itself. Like relay races, mixed relays, you know, team. It's a whole, not just that one race, but like a whole almost event in itself. So, oh, absolutely, and you know, like, trying to figure out what it is. And I, I'm not a gun pro, but it's just a, it's a simple little 22 caliber. Yeah, that you just strap it to your back. But I think that I, well, I don't know what they were using when the military event, when it, when, like where it came from. But in that style of carrying your gun, you wouldn't want anything heavier than that. Probably machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, like, different standing techniques where sometimes they have to stand up, sometimes they're in a prone position, like down on one knee kind of thing. Yeah, yep. And then sometimes they're laying down as well. So it's a whole battle. We should definitely go out and try to see if there's some event going on in can ask us again. Yep. We should do the announcing for it. As guys that just look it up and don't know a ton, we should be like the official announcers for it. He's lining up for the target. He missed. He hit me. I'm out. <laughs> Ricocheted. <laughs> That would be something stupid that would happen to me too. I get it. I totally get a ricocheted bullet to the arm. I know, but I mean, yeah, no, going up there, whether you know, see if anything's held there anymore, or if it's just a training facility, or if it's just open to the public for if they keep the tracks up or anything at all. They do keep the tracks up. Okay. I know they do because you're only allowed to disc golf on certain holes during the winter because oh. they put a huge, and this is an awesome course, like in the summertime, you go up and down like all the tracks and everything, but you're only allowed to play certain holes in the summer or during the winter because of the tracks and they don't want you to be on walking on those tracks because they don't want nice. pebbles and rocks and stuff like that. So yeah, it is still maintained. I know in the, in the spring over the last three or four, maybe longer years, they, what they've done is they dig this whole like trench and they fill it with snow okay they put hay over it so it insulates it so in the in the fall when it starts to get cold they can just take all this snow out and they can get an early start to the season to train so nice okay that, that's really neat yeah yeah so i i don't know where they keep the snow i never seen this trench i never seen it but I, i've read stories about how they're doing it so i think that's pretty cool and yeah it keeps all summer which is pretty awesome and yeah i know you know up in the mountains it's not the warmest place but it's not the coldest place either so 
walking, playing disc golf there is like, it's an up and down. So I'm sweating anyway. So it's lots of hills. And so it's not just a flat course. It's like a ton of up and down hills. And some of those hills are pretty steep. So that's nice. Yeah. I'll, sounds like a road trip we got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely see if there's any big events coming up and we'll go out and check it out. Get drunk, throw bottles at them. <laughs> Ski faster. Don't shoot me. <laughs> hey, I, I got a few, uh, High visibility uh, vests. <laughs> so we'll just make sure we've got those on, unless they use that as a target now. Well, if we're going to throw bottles, uh, I'm assuming they're pretty good shot, so maybe we shouldn't do that. So uh, uh, just just as a side note here, looking up on Wikipedia, we've I found some of my information. I found some information off the Canada website, like Canada Biathlon website, but other multidiscipline sports, otherwise unrelated to biathlon. Okay. You know, in order to combine triathlon, like all these things, like there's chess boxing. Okay. It's a hybrid sport that combines two traditional disciplines, chess and boxing. Two combatants play alternate rounds of blitz chess and boxing until one of the wins by checkmate or knockout. It is also possible to win by a time penalty in normal chess. That <laughs> is very interesting. So maybe we have to check out chess boxing as well. You, apparently the biathlon range like, and tracks are up and going. Oh, in Kananaskis right now? In the, in the Kananaskis, nice. you can just, you, it has prices for setting up and like biathlon range passes, like an in, individual monthly or annual pass or the air rifle or juniors or things like that. You can go up and go as a team or whatever. So let's look this up. Maybe we'll have to go. Yeah. So if, if they're going to be doing things like that, I, I think that's a great idea to go and check that out. Yeah. Outside of the Kananaskis Pass, you go drop by there for a few hours, then explore the town and stuff like that, get the most out of it. But I mean, again, it's one of those not overly expensive things to go and get involved with just to watch or, yeah, you know, things like that. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd definitely like to try it maybe, go from there. It'd be interesting to try. And I do like Camor. I like going out to Camor. Oh, that'll be twice in a year for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, if you have nothing else, let's uh, wrap. Short and sweet. Yeah, but I think I have some ideas for future episodes. We'll talk off air and we'll Sounds go good. from there. Yep. So, thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good one.